0: Fulfilling the command to train others. That is today's topic on GFA Missions Research. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to GFA's podcast, Research. So glad to have you uh, both listening and watching. So, we got a, a great topic today. One we have covered in other areas on internships, but really never uh, quite this specific. And we have uh, John Lashaway, Pastor Lashaway from Pine Island Bible Church. John, welcome. Hey, brother. And John has been on our at least I think two podcasts, and then yes, pastor, right. yeah, Pastor Dan Boyce, who is his mentor, and uh, Pastor Boyce, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Pastor Boyce, tell everybody where you are in the name of your church, and uh, then we'll launch into what we want to discuss. Okay.
1: My name's Dan Boyce. Uh, I'm I'm the pastor of uh, the Hill Village Bible Church in Hill, New Hampshire, and also. Um, church planting pastor for Winnisquan Bible Church. We're kind of in the middle of the state of New Hampshire. Uh, It's a region called the Lakes Region, just a little bit north of our capital,
0: Concord. All right, so let me give you the background of this. Um, Of course, John, uh, Pastor Lashway, and I met, I don't know, years ago, and we developed a friendship. I always heard about uh, this pastor that mentored John for ministry. So, John, your background uh was business right
2: yes that's correct
0: and then you were a member of pine island bible church
2: yes yep
0: and the pastor at that time was pastor Boyce, right dan yes sir all right so first timothy 2 2 puts it this way it says you know very clearly in the things which have been you know that we've heard and seen we are to commit that commit those teachings to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's an imperative in there that we are to commit to teach others. And it's an interesting verse because I think this verse is really lived out in the lives of of Dan and John. So Dan mentored John, and that's what we're going to talk through. In fact, two different commentators on this verse, they call it the, the living chain of life, hmm. the living chain of life that takes really – The present and takes us all the way back to the time of Christ. Mm -hmm. As this command has been fulfilled by generation after generation. And really, so what we're going to talk about is the relationship between Dan and John. And now Dan is doing that again, and we'll get to that a little bit later. So again, Dan, I want to start with you. So again, um, Dan, so how many years have you been in the pastorate?
1: Uh, A little more than 25.
0: All right, so... At what point in your ministry uh, did you develop this burden to mentor and train other men for the pastorate?
1: Almost from the start. um, When I came to Pine Island in 96, um, it was a church rescue, and my wife and I were the youngest people. We were in our early 30s and uh i knew that uh we needed some young people right away and um uh early on in my ministry um i heard dr david cummings at a conference and dr cummings said uh, there is no success without successors mm-hmm. and um that hit me as well as the verse we started with second timothy 2:2 and and my background was also one where my pastor uh, mentored me, so kind of from the start of my ministry, I was looking for someone to mentor.
0: All right, so that's great. So your pastor mentored you, and now you turned around and started mentoring others. And you know, in the beginning, I may have said First Timothy two two. It is Second Timothy two two. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I stand corrected if I said First Timothy two two. All right, so Dan, um, so as now, John, you were. Or let me back up a minute. John, did you come to the church to be mentored by Dan, or were you already a member of Pine Island Bible Church?
2: I was already a member of Pine Island Bible Church, and it was through that uh, through that, uh, we built a, you know, Pastor Dan really built that re- relationship with me. He pursued that.
0: All right, so Dan, what
2: was it you
0: saw in John that really placed a burden on your heart to invest in him?
1: Um, I, I first knew John kind of from afar. Okay. Um, there were members in our church that were, uh, that are John, uh, John's aunt and uncle sure. and, um, uh, John was away in college. He would come back and visit them. Uh, I don't know how much of John's background, you know, he was, uh, uh, MK missionary kid uh, to the Philippines, um, when he came here to college, I, I believe that was around the time his his mom died. His dad went back to the Philippines. And when John would come home, he would come to uh, Pine Island, Warwick area. I got to know him then. And then after college, he came and uh, became a member of the church. So I first got to know him as a, a member and as a young man.
0: Sorry. So, the, uh, so John, about how old were you at this point?
2: So I graduated college about 23, I guess. Um, So I was in 2000. Okay. Um, So, you know, between 96 and 2000 is where Pastor Dan is talking about knowing me from a distance, you know, just summer winter breaks. And then after I graduated college, I settled in out here uh, in the Warwick area. All right. So were you married at this time, John? No, two years later, I got married. Okay, all right.
0: So, as Dan, as you're looking at this and seeing this, so, um, Dan, as you were pastoring John and, and you see this, how did you build the relationship with him to discern if he was a 2 Timothy 2.2 type of man? How did you well, develop that?
1: First off, it, it it started with prayer and specific prayer for a young man to mentor. And, um, I assumed right off the bat that John was the answer to that prayer. So I, uh, developed a friendship, got to know him, um, uh, challenged him in some teaching areas, uh, to teach a, uh, teen Sunday school class. And, and from that, it led to, um, uh, d- taking uh, control of the youth group wow. and, uh, you know, just giving him opportunities to teach and uh, in doing so, you know, in the beginning, I'm sure that they were um, uh, already uh, lesson plans that were laid out, you know, uh, working that way and then de- begin to develop his own. So yeah. just uh, little by little uh, developing that way.
0: And so, all right. So then John, let's shift to you to how you responded to this. So again, you were reared on the mission field mm-hmm. in the Philippines. So you had seen, if i remember the story, right? You just kind of ran around barefooted, right? I mean, this was uh, like a boy's dream of where to live maybe. Right. And uh, so you were educated both. Uh, I mean, but also you were spiritually mentored by your folks on the mission field.
2: That's correct. And, yes. So yeah. you
0: came into this as a fairly mature believer, would you say? Um, or so, so, or how, or I would say 23-year-old. after I graduated
2: college, um, yeah. I really got my heart right after I went, I actually went back and visited my, my dad over in the Philippines and, uh, really, uh, recommitted my life to the Lord there. Okay. Um, once I came back, um, I had a renewed, uh, vision to, you know, just really pursue the things of Christ. And, and, uh, and it was, it was right around that time, the end of 2000 that, uh, We really started um, building that relationship, that mentoring relationship, um, which just uh, propelled us forward. So I was excited just to be able to um, spend time with uh, Pastor Dan, uh, taking classes. Just I didn't know where it was going. I didn't even want to be a pastor, to be honest. (laughs) But um, so I really didn't even have that kind of an aspiration from the get go. It was just it was an opportunity to start teaching Sunday school, working with the youth, and I was I was all in. So, all right. So, Pastor Dan, from
0: there, from Dan, it went from him teaching Sunday school to run the youth department. But but then y'all started meeting, right? You started meeting mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, lead us into that, and then John, I'll ask you. So, what? How did you respond to that? Okay.
1: Well, uh, as a church, I think we licensed John in around oh uh, six, right? And you know, because I had seen some things in him, and I, I, and and John might not. I think John would would have been satisfied being like a second man, mm-hmm. but we we uh, we realized that the hand of God was upon John, so we licensed him, and uh, I had a a informal Bible Institute going, um, that, that John would take classes in and, uh, that Bible Institute, there were other, uh, church members going, um, uh, trying to fulfill, uh, what it talks about in Ephesians, uh, training the people to do the work of the ministry. I didn't want to do the work of the ministry alone. And through that, and through, um, just questions that John would have and times we would spend together after evening services. Um, you know, I, I noticed that John was, was hungry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so in being hungry, I felt, uh, the responsibility to feed him. And so we started, uh, um, a meeting together, um, once, sometimes twice a week early in the morning, uh, five o'clock in the morning before work around my um dining room table and I guess we did that oh six 6 until at least I left so about four years we did
0: that wow. so so every week you met you met at your kitchen table yeah um 5 a.m all right so now Dan let me follow that up with a question so mm-hmm. um you had been mentored but was John the first one you had mentored? In this fashion, yes. Okay, so uh, how did it was there a theology book y'all worked through together? Did you just pick certain doctrines to work through together? So, Dan, uh, first as the teacher, the mentor, mm-hmm. how did you mm-hmm. approach that with materials to mentor John?
1: Well, um, in, in the beginning, we used a, a book that was called Wilmington's Guide to the Bible.
0: Okay, and
1: uh, but then. When, and, and that was more to kind of see how the, bu- the Bible was laid out. But when okay. we started getting into theology, uh, we started on the very first page and worked all the way through the book, uh, Dr. Floyd Berrickman's Practical Christian Theology. Uh, Floyd Berrickman was uh, uh, was a Bible teacher at Practical uh, in, in, uh, in upstate New York when it was called Practical. I, I don't know what it's called now. Okay. Um, that was the book that I used in my Bible Institute. It was that I attended. It was. It's what I was familiar with. Sure. And so we worked uh, through that that book, and then some. Uh, pa- uh, when I went to school, some pastoral theology notes that mm-hmm. I had, we worked through. You know, and and when it got to the point, uh, some um hermeneutic and homiletic studies as well when when it got to
0: that point all right so John how were you responding during this I mean you're getting up you're working you got a job at some point you start a family and you're meeting at 5 a.m so I mean I know it had that was a little bit of a grind right I mean um
2: to do this and continue on it, it was but it really didn't feel like a grind okay um I was thrilled, uh, I, 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 just really, I was thrilled to be able to just talk theology and talk church with, with my pastor. what a blessing that was. Um, it didn't feel like it was a grind at all. Okay. Um, it may have felt like a grind for pastor Dan, you know, 5am, <laughs> you know, getting up in the morning, but, uh, I was um, younger then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. Um, But uh, it um, really—I don't know—it was a neat process. I believe how God just graciously guided us along, and and really was um, kind of moving my heart, working on my my desires, giving me the desire to um, explore these things further and grow in, in in this way. So. It didn't feel like it really didn't feel like a grind. It was really a blessing. So,
0: all right. So Dan, when pastor, I mean, uh, John, when Dan recognized your giftedness and went to the church and y'all, and that's, so that's the church recognizing, which is part of what the local church does. What was your reaction, um, to the church licensing or recognizing you with the givenness, giftedness of ministry, and then with the licensing, um, what was what was your reaction to that um
2: it was uh, if I remember correctly it was it was a it was a neat time um it was an encouraging thing yeah. to be able to uh, see the the more of a formality of it um, and kind of take on that more it, it made it more serious mm-hmm. you know um and as to uh, the direction God was really um, uh, kind of really laying out, for me and my family with the church and so um there was a there was an encouragement but it it really it took on a a more serious tone to it and in a way that was good um that helped me look at it from that perspective that you know this isn't just a hobby if you will you know um this is uh this is the direction god's taken us so and i get it had to be encouraging to see your pastor
0: and the church coming along beside you.
2: Oh, absolutely. And then the time
0: yeah. commitment, or and, and really, the, I think the way a lot of commentators say about Second Timothy two two, you know, we guard the trust that's been given to us. Mm. And Pastor Dan, your pastor was passing this trust. He was teaching you this to carry on to the next to the next generation. All right. So now, how long? Uh, uh, Dan, let's, so as you're doing this, how did you mentor John in preaching? Because I mean, you already had him teaching, right? So how did you mentor him in preaching?
1: Well, um, again, it, it it started with that teaching, uh, prepared lessons already, and getting comfortable with that. Then developing some of his own, mm-hmm. and then um, you know uh, assigning him. Times to preach and working through messages with him and then critiquing him afterward, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, um, you know, that, that was, was, was part of the process. Um, sometimes, uh, uh I would have him fill in because I wasn't there. So I right. would need to listen, listen to recordings and whatnot of them. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and getting feedback from you know people in the church as well. You know uh, about you know people that that w- were, you know you you could ask these kind of
0: questions to you know and, and so getting feedback that way. How long, Dan? Do you did the process take? Uh, not that John was a slow learner or fast learner. That's not. I mean, but this is a process. This is a mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. a disciple making process. So, Dan, with John, from the time you. Uh, gave him teaching responsibilities until the time you felt like, okay, uh, God has prepared this man and he is now ready to shepherd this flock. About mm-hmm. how how about how long was that?
1: Um, well, I mean the the whole ten years I I knew him, I was leading into that direction, okay. All right. and I think toward the the end, one of the reasons why I felt I could leave is because. Uh, I knew that John was was prepared and John was ready mm. um okay. uh so so you know and probably from the serious side of things you know the last four years were pretty se- were serious um study and whatnot and uh and and I, I I knew I mean of course all of us when we go into our first ministry alone, are we really prepared? Yeah. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Um, Fully
0: understand. Um, yeah,
1: but uh, I, I felt that he was ready. Um, one of the things that I, uh, there in, in Pine Island, one of the things I did not do enough work at was preparing the church for John. Okay, uh, That's something that I have worked more in now. Not only preparing the man, but preparing the church.
0: Okay, so let's, and, all right, So let's stop. Hold on a second now, yeah, because yeah. instead of sending John to another ministry, right. you John stayed at Pine Island, and you went somewhere else. Is that right? right. So, right, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, you—that's a situation you got to work out. So, what right. was it? And then I'm going to come to John. But Dan, what was it that led you to say, okay? I'm gonna leave and John's gonna stay what did the Lord use in your heart to determine that
1: um a, a series of events uh, uh New England has always been um on my part uh, for uh, the need of of uh, of a gospel witness um okay. I have been coming to New England uh, most of my life uh prior to coming here on vacations we have family up here um my sister and, and and mother and whatnot moved up here. I have family. So there was a desire to reach my family, but even okay. more than that, um there was a, a pastor who who was retiring that I knew that lived up here and he, he said, I've been praying and I think that you and Sandy need to come up and mm. replace, you know, I'm retiring and we want you. And and that hit me out of the blue. I never in my life thought about leaving Pine Island. And and from that point on and putting that little seed, um, I dropped my son off at Bob Jones University and we set through a chapel and the chapel was about the need in New England. Wow! <laughs> the following year, we dropped our son off at Pensacola and the chapel message was about the need in New England. <laughs> Every periodical, it seemed like I picked up was about the need in new England. Wow. And, um, it, it w it was just a series event. And then there was a group of people who called us, um, if we would consider to come up and plant a church and we, we, we came and we planted a church in, um, January of, uh, uh, 2010. I do not recommend moving to new England in the winter. Wow. So, no,
0: but, I, I uh, so in, in case I did not <laughs> say it, Pine Island, Pine Island is in New York. So, John, that's what, an hour and a half outside the city? How far are you from – is that about
2: right? Just I'm yes, trying just to just replace it so people get an understanding. So it's right over the – it's it's right on the New Jersey border into New okay. York. Right. Um, just uh, we're slightly north of the city, but mostly west. All right. So now, John,
0: let's switch to you. So what would be – right, you're the one being mentored, okay, along this process from start to finish 10 years or thereabout. Uh, of course, Dan was praying all along. So it starts with prayer, and as this process took place, as the one being mentored, okay. And someone's listening listening to this podcast, and they may be having that desire. What are some of the keys of being mentored that you would
2: advise that listener? Uh, when it comes to being mentored, obviously you want to be getting involved in your local church to start off with, and and. Um, allowing God to be able to lead you into um, opportunities and be able to step into opportunities, even though they're, they may be outside of your comfort zone, but allow God to really develop that gift in you um, to see the reality of it. Um, All right. So just when Dan, be willing to be used
0: of God. So when Dan first asked you to teach, had you taught before? No. Okay. No. So again, you, you're willing to, to step out a little bit there, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep going. So I, mean, I, th- I think that's the key. You've got to be willing to, uh, if you're being mentored and somebody asks, your mentor asks you to do something, you have to be willing to try it. Okay. What else, you John? Do.
2: You do. And you got to be willing to put the time into it. Um, uh, it, it, it is a challenge because it, it is something that, uh, um <laughs> I mean to start teaching we I know we started teaching with the t- with the teens and then uh Pastor Dan ended up giving me uh uh allowing me to teach the adults which was uh which was even more scary you know but um it was just just being willing to be used and uh uh I don't know just take the time to um be intentional in your study. I know the Lord really worked on my heart, helping me to understand the need to be so intentional in my devotional life. Um and I think that was one of the major keys was it was kind of like this aha moment for me because in the beginning but here we go, you know, I know I'm supposed to be doing my devotions and um uh but I also need to study to to teach Sunday school class. So, Hey, this is a great thing. I can combine them and we're off and running and then this is good. And the Lord quickly convicted my heart saying, Nope, this is not how that works. <laughs> uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to get killed two birds with one stone, you know? Um, and so that was an amazing, it brought great dividends, I should say by having such conviction about my devotional life my personal time with god that when it did come time for the interim period that i was in i i i believe that by not neglecting my personal devotions it enabled me god used that uh, mightily to help me through that two and a half year interim which you know so but my personal devotions was absolutely vital and it's still it as it should be right so but that was amazing thing that god uh brought great clarity and conviction about that so all right so was there a moment of clarification
0: for your wife as you're going through this and you realize that pastor dan is now mentoring you for you know vocational ministry was there how, how what was her reaction to this
2: that was uh, that was again a neat process um of of kind of like God just laying out the breadcrumbs and graciously walking us through it. Mm-hmm. I think how Pastor Dan worked with me it kind of helped Kara acclimate to slowly acclimate to um what uh what ministry life would look like um and so it helped to bring her into that. And so it was just that stepping stone process um and in the beginning i i don't think it was it was I, we both weren't looking at it as this is uh this is going to be a future as far as like the, being a being a pastor and pastor's wife it wasn't even on the radar at all mm. um and so i think it was just god's gracious way because Kara has recently on a number of occasions uh one of the things she had made very clear when we got married was I'm not going to be a missionary's wife. Okay. (laughs) And we're not going to go to the mission field. And, and she said later on, you know, jokingly, she's like, well, I I wish I would have said, you know, put the pastor's wife stipulation (laughs) in there, (laughs) but it was just God's gracious way of just guiding us through, which I give him just all praise for that. All right.
0: So now, uh, John, uh, Pastor Lashway, you've been at Pine Island Bible Church now
2: as a as a senior pastor for how long? So I was uh, um, voted in in two thousand twelve. So okay. we've just completed ten uh, formal years as the senior pastor. All right.
0: So now, Dan. All right. So now, it's my understanding you've started this process again in New Hampshire. Correct? Uh,
1: uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, I've pretty much uh, turned the Hill ministry over to uh, a man named Andrew Hemingway and uh, he's pretty much pastoring that church. I okay. am taking the uh, uh, responsibilities at the new church plant um,
0: Now did you uh, pastor Did you mentor him? To where he is? Uh, yes, he didn't go to
1: Bible school. He's a graduate okay. of Ambassador. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, but never felt called to preach. Mm. Um, the minute I came to Hill, I noticed Andrew and I began to pray for him oh. uh, that the Lord would allow me to mentor him. And um, uh, we spent uh, five years together uh, with another man that was here at the time um, uh, going through theology. Uh, um, yeah, theology and 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 ministry and preparing Andrew for his ordination. Um, I gave him opportunities to run meetings and uh, deacons meetings, congregation meetings. Um, gave him opportunities to preach and teach, even to preach series and things like that. And um, and again, I've uh, pretty much turned all the Sunday responsibilities over to Andrew at the church, and uh, I've been doing the church plant. All right. uh, I'm currently in the beginning stages of working with uh, two young men, um, uh, one who is a core member of the church plant yeah. and the other one who is a member back at the Hill Church. So we're in the beginning stages so of So this that is just what you do.
0: Goes. This is your ministry. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it really is. Yeah. It's it's uh, When I came here and we had the Q&A time, uh, before they called me as their pastor, I let them know that very first day that if you call me as pastor, I'm going to be training young men for the ministry. And in particular, we have a burden to reach New Hampshire, you know, training men for the ministry here. So they've known that since day one. I you know see. where I, I feel that I I I didn't do a good job in training the church in Pine Island. Right. Um uh, as well as John um I've I I learned that I needed to train the church better so they have known from day 1 that I'm looking for my replacement Good. you know and and not not necessarily that I'm leaving but you know it would be an easy transaction you know sure. so
0: all right so I think another way we could put it is you know I think uh, um puts it this way that every pastor's an interim pastor so really we, we have to have that mindset that we always need to be training um, the next person. Okay. So let's start to wrap this up. So John, let me ask you this question, John, what would, what would be your advice to a man that was in your shoes when you started this many years ago about being mentored? So what, would, how would you, and by the way, both of their email addresses will be in the show notes, but, but John, how would you advise this man?
2: Well, I would say, uh, first start off by just being willing to, uh, step into ministry opportunities, uh, see the value of spending time with your pastor. I think that's a tremendous thing. Um, it is a blessing. It can be a great blessing to your pastor, but also it's a great blessing to yourself just in the nature of your spending time with, um, uh, with a, a man who loves the Lord and, 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 uh, just really, desiring to pour his life into you. Um, so there's a great value there. And also, uh, there, uh, see, uh, allow, don't take that time for granted because, uh, he is giving, he's giving, um, he's giving his time is important. So, um, I just think there's a, uh, put place, a, a large value on his time, but be willing to spend time with him in a lot of various ways, but be willing to reach out and and ask how you can help, um, show your willingness to be used, you know, in, in any way. Um, all right, clean the church, uh, whatever, you know, just offer your, offer yourself up to be used. Um, and, uh, it allows your gifts and your heart, to be seen, uh, be on display that, uh, you know, uh, you might, you just might be the, the answer to your pastor's prayer that I think, uh, just can be pretty, pretty special. So good. Thank you. All right. So, um,
0: Dan, it's, it's very obvious in your life. All this started with prayer, mm-hmm. both for John as well as the minute you went to New Hampshire and still now, as you're doing another church in New Hampshire, is that so? That's mm-hmm. it, that's the foundation, right? Prayer, yep. And yep. then really a commitment to be. Com, I mean, you have to be committed to invest in others' lives. Mm-hmm. All right, Let me. This just came to mind. Let me ask you, Stan. Was there? Was five a.m. Was that like a filter to see if he's really committed, or is that just convenient? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because right, we all have. I, we have limited time. Right. All of right. us have limited time. Right. So right. and again, Second Timothy two two. I don't want to invest in somebody that's not worth investing in. Right. All right. So, uh,
1: comment th- on that. that's that's part of it, but it was also, you know, practical. It it was the time that we we both. John was just married, and um, you know, having little kids. I I had you know preteens at the time, and you know, you have your not only church responsibilities yeah. and your family responsibilities, so. You know, you, you just have to sacrifice and find the time where it fit, and, and it fit for us. So, uh, John lived very close to the house where I lived, and his work was not far from the church, so 5 a.m. fit. And, uh, um, you know, I don't do 5 a.m.s anymore. So. <laughs> All
0: right. So how long, uh, Dan, with John and with these you're mentoring now, how long was each session, just roughly, time-wise? Yeah.
1: Um, I would say uh, hour to two hours, okay. you know, depending yeah. on the day, you know, and uh, um, you know, uh, the 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 sessions here were a little bit different because um, the the two guys I I was mentoring, you know, they they, they were on staff, so we were all in the same mm. you know offices and whatnot, so we were able to. Uh, work out different times and sometimes they were longer than others and uh, and you know with the three of us being together there was opportunities for, for questions and whatnot. you know throughout oh. the day
0: alright so I'm going to give you all a last word the, this living chain of truth I love that phrase about Second Timothy mm-hmm. 2 Timothy 2 and it's being it was lived out in, in your life I know John we've already talked he's praying for somebody to mentor so this is I, I love the process they know you know the, of you doing this and so, Dan, what last words uh, would you like for our listeners to have?
1: Well, speaking from um, the more older guys who are doing the mentoring, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, start with prayer. Pray for a man, and then look for a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, observe your your congregation, and then and then challenge a man. Um, Given. Give him an opportunity to teach, um, you know, and and then train a man, uh, and and think of the churches as like a laboratory, if you will, you know. Take him on visitation with you to hospitals and and visit new new people and and shut-ins and whatnot, and 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 train him about preaching and give up your pulpit, you know, you know. Don't don't be uh, that. That's part of it. If you're going to train a guy. To preach, you have to be willing to give up your pulpit, and and one of the things, and I am not against. I, I want to be very careful in saying this. I'm not against Bible colleges, right? But sometimes we send our brightest away to Bible colleges, and they usually don't come back. You know, a, a lot of this, the, the, what I've done with, with with John and with the guy, it works with older guys who who have a family. You know they don't have to go off to Bible school. Yeah. Uh, you know you can work with them, and then one of the other really practical blessings is I, I just love wrestling and talking theology with these younger right. guys. We don't often get to do that right. with our congregation, where we right. can wrestle with some of these doctrines. You know, uh, the Ordo Salutis of salvation, and we can wrestle with election and regeneration and all these things, and. And it keeps you sharp, and um, and then shepherding your church leaders. Not everybody is going to be a pastor, right? But you, but it, it could you can shepherd your leaders, and it helps you with the ministry. It it, it's, um, it it prepares people for the work of the ministry, and on a real practical level, it helps you with pulpit supply. Yeah, if you go on vacation, if you uh, are sick or whatever you know, but training the church to do the work of the ministry.
0: Amen. So, so, you, so there's lots all, of blessings. Yeah, that, so. and your replacement comes from within versus without. Yep. I think that's yep. a, Okay, Pastor and, Lash- and, Oh, excuse me. Go ahead, Dan.
1: Well, I mean, and, and how long have churches been between pastors oh. and without? You know, that time is growing. Yes. So if you look for your replacement within, you know, that can definitely shorten Amen. that time. Amen.
0: So. All right, Pastor Lashway, last words.
2: Yeah. Um, Pastor Dan summed it up really well. He did. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of key, um, a lot of key practical things that he was talking about. I would really encourage pastors to see the value of this process. I know in ministry we're busy. Um, there's a lot, there's always more to do than what we have time to do. Um, but I think if we're not careful, uh, we, we, we don't see, sometimes we, um, if we're not careful, we don't put priorities in the right place. This is something that we really need to put our, a high priority on. Yeah, it's mentoring men for leadership, um, shepherding the hearts of, of the next pastor, because uh, by God's grace, the, the next pastor should come from within. But to see the value of spending time with, you know, somebody who, he may not be um he may not be pastor material, but are you willing to put your time in that God God might have his hand on him and it might be through your simple spending time with him that that might be developed and be seen, be revealed. And so uh, be intentional in prayer. Yeah. Um, but uh for, for men who are looking to who who feel like maybe they're they have a, a little bit of that gifting, um, allow it to be developed and spend and time with your pastor. There's a lot, there's so much more, but. Um, yep. All
0: right. So I think it's believers,
2: about. right? We're to make
0: disciples. We're to reproduce ourselves as believers and pastors. We should be doing the same thing.
2: Absolutely. We should be
0: reproducing our life in the lives of other men. Okay. Yeah. Pastor Dan Boyce, Pastor John Lashaway. Thank you for your time. Uh, your emails will be in the show notes. So I challenge people to listen and then reach out to you with questions. Man, thank you very much. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Brother Marshall. Thank you. Thank you, John. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at slash consulting.